me see where he is. If not, we can jump in, whatever works, and he'll, he'll pop on. I think it's or something. It's like a horror movie, right? <laughs> you turn around and somebody's no longer there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yo, and welcome to my summer layer. I'm your host, Sammy. More of a front walker than a front runner. You in. And give a hearty yo to a maestro behind the mayhem, Eric Bloomquist. Eric and his brother, Carson Bloomquist, are the writing-director duo behind political horror movie Founders Day. Founders Day is a murder mystery set in Fairwood, a small, slightly creepy New England town suddenly stricken by ominous killings on the eve of its tricentennial celebration and impending mayoral election. Super Tuesday is more like Bloody Tuesday. As the murders accumulate, the question is, who is doing it? By the way, as a quick aside, as an actor, how fun would it be to get licked in a horror movie? I would enjoy being licked off by Halloween's Michael Myers or Ghostface and Scream. Anyways, speaking of do you like scary movies? Introducing the founder. If you're a fan of slashers from classics like Psycho to modern and meta horror like Scream to Halloween H2O, you'll be thrilled to meet the founder. I'll let Eric explain the founder. He'll provide some fresh fun facts that you can share at parties with other horror nerds. You want to stay tuned for that. In this interview, I refer to the founder as he, but that could be a hint or could not be a hint. I didn't want to say it. I'm not comfortable saying it. I find it rude when we talk about a baby and we call it it. The founder is a monster. As you watch Founders Day, you'll come to the same conclusion. But to call the founder it would dehumanize him or not him. I've said too much. Just think of the founder as an October surprise in November. Founders Day had a fantastic screening at Toronto After Dark Film Festival, one of Toronto's best film festivals, showcasing horror and sci-fi and other surreal fever dreams. If you've never gone, you gotta go. It's a fantastic festival. Eric and his brother Carson Bloomquest were there, and they got to press the flesh and handle campaign buttons. Even the founder was there with his silent yet deadly stump speech so let's vote yes on proposition 80 which is to wrap up this my summer layer introduction and let eric bloomquest do the talking from eerie twists to the mind-bending turns of founders day eric will guide us through the making of a modern slasher that's as chilling as a summer breeze on a haunted beach sound the final frontier my summer layer is an enterprise a pop culture voyage with a continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new creators and celebrate established producers, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now here is your host, Sammy Yunan. For the first question, let's start off a little bit easy. Um, you do a couple of different roles in Founders Day. So can you introduce yourself, um, some of the roles that you play in front of the camera, behind the camera for Founders Day, and of course, some of your favorite slashers to get a kind of an introduction of who you are. Uh, I'm Eric. I directed this movie, co-wrote it with my brother Carson, and produced it with my brother Carson, and edited it with my brother Carson. 
and I'm 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 in it as well. My my roots are in acting, and I think everything has blossomed from that. So that's uh, it was cool to be inside the madness mm-hmm. in this team in that way. Um, the movie started definitely as like a love letter to the season of autumn and formative slashers. Um, you know, of course, Scream, the whole series is a very special place in our hearts. And so we we didn't want to copy it, but we wanted to kind of conjure some of the feelings that it made us feel, namely just like this idea of like paranoia and mischief, but the fun within that. So that was kind of the starting point for this movie. Um, is that, yeah. that that fun that you're talking about in terms of a slasher, right? So when people generally think of slashers, as you said, there's Scream, there's Halloween with the Michael Myers, uh, there's Friday the 13th with Jason. Like, what is the key to a solid slasher? Is it the killer or the kills? Like how people die? I think it's both. I think slashers are particularly interesting because of how creative you can be, both in terms of like motive and killer and and kills so you know i think there are some really really great ones where there there isn't necessarily a mystery component to it you just have your your killer and it's about how your protagonists your ensemble of uh cohorts whatever they may be survive the night or the week or whatever it is um and then there's the mystery brand of things and that level of intrigue so i think both can be really effective and i love both of both of them, mm-hmm. um, but we were particularly drawn to the mystery component here and this idea that um, somebody in your community or who has come into your community is a monster and and the masks that we all wear and mm-hmm. how we tie that into some more greater themes. Um, so I think that I, I think it's about having a fun ensemble of people to start with no matter what whether you know who's behind the mask to start with or not mm-hmm. I, I think it's a really good fun ensemble of people um that are probably more than just cannon fodder although you know you've seen some, some of the older movies it's really fun when it is just when when it is just just amazing kill after amazing kill with the cannon fodder so, <laughs> you know, like, that's basically like friday the 13th from like four to like nine something right yeah like, yeah there wasn't a lot of depth necessarily like as you said to the, compared to the scream movies right we so, recently rewatched we have the we have the box set from um shout factory scream factory and we recently just went through all of them um you know we just watched one every i don't know a couple weeks or something and just even the one in cool. space yeah, I saw I saw that one too. Yeah, yeah. It was just cool seeing like how it progressed and how it changed and kind of the story behind each movie and how like you know six was almost like the opposite of five in a lot of ways in terms mm-hmm. of it's just like what the that it's just very fascinating to me slash movie history. Yeah, it's actually a oddly iconic series. This is a tangent. We'll get back to Founders Day in a second. Yeah, yeah. It's an oddly iconic series because the first one is not even Jason. He's dead in the first one, technically, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's the mom that goes off and does all the work. And then the second one, he's like, oh, yo, I've just been chilling in the woods. That's kind of an odd twist <laughs> for like to bring that back. Yeah, I mean, I think that it, I I think each one actually has its own kind of identity after having watched them just in terms of like aesthetic. And terms. so I think that that's very interesting mm-hmm. and you know i would see pieces of them on like amc fear fest down here during the halloween season growing up just like 
the middle 20 minutes of Friday seven or something. And yeah, it's yeah. like, it's just, I, I am trying to do that. I'm trying to go through like the, uh, the Halloween's now I've seen most of them, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing four five, six for the first time right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Halloween H2O was one of my favorite ones from the recent ones. I love H2O. Uh, I think that that, that makes sense. If you see Founders Day that I would, that I, Carson and I both love H2O because it is that really cool hybrid between, you mm. know, the nineties slasher teen cycle and, and the original Halloween. Yeah. It's got that meta vibe too, right? Like it recognizes the, there's a history here. The audience is like, um, they, they acknowledge the audience, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. I think it has, I really like the way Lori is characterized in it too. I just, just the kind of new identity, far away prep school. I just, I just think it's, I just think it's great. And, and just the, the story behind it is, mm-hmm. is, is really cool. So I, I just had my friend watch it for the first time and she loved it. And it was that actually like, I think like last night I suggested watching this movie. So it's funny. This comes up. <laughs> and it's what we, what I asked you before, which is like, what's the key? Is it the, the killer, the slasher or the kills? And I love that one moment where Michael Myers, we're going to ruin a little bit, but when Michael Myers slowly lowers himself from the ceiling, Behind one of the characters, yeah, 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 right. And I'm like, oh, that's something we don't generally see a lot from Michael, like a little bit ingenuity, stealth, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned uh, when we were talking about going back to Founders Day. This is a terrible segue, but anyways, you mentioned when you were talking oh, about uh, Founders Day, you mentioned like there's a monster in the community. the The community for Founders Day is uh, it's New England town of Fairwood. You're from this area, so. What is it about New England small towns that give off this like Shirley Jackson lottery, Stephen Kingy type vibe? Like the connotations are either antiquing or the small town of sinister secrets. I think there's a real sense of history here. And, and part of that's, just, I mean, just the aesthetic of it and which just feels good, but I think it's it's not purely just um, like superficial, the, like the way things look. I think it really is a testament to like how deep ties go and relationships go and lineages go and senses of tradition. And I think that digging into that or disrupting that or using that as a superpower is very um, interesting. And then you can, you know, parallel old and new it was very important to me too that you know we had pockets of this that really felt like i don't want to say a time capsule but like so the class the, the classroom in this movie we was very important to me that we didn't have like a new modern sleek high-tech classroom so we found like an old school that wasn't an operation anymore and the room was completely empty but we built it from the ground up we brought in all the old desks that were in storage across town and i had to make sure there was a chalkboard because there's a warmth to that and i think you really find and there's just something about the way that you can uh, just just the the kind of community that feels like and how palpable that is and this kind of just like warmth and the way you can be nestled inside of that mm-hmm. um which i love but then that's also a great thing to disrupt too which is you know what the founder does yeah it creates <laughs> a, like an us and them kind of vibe right because it's like like you said there's somebody in the community that's gone off now um, and bodies are starting to pile up. So it's the idea of like, it must be an outsider, like that kind of insinuation that it must be an outsider because we all know each other. 
right? Like we are all on the same tribe. We have the, all the same kind of vibe. We have the same quote unquote values. So it's kind of like a jarring thing when bodies start to pile up from this insular community. Yeah, I think that's the. Uh, I think that's the thing. Is like. It, whether it is some third party coming in from the outside or whether it's somebody from within, there's just everybody knowing each other. I think it just really can contribute to a very specific sense of, of paranoia, mm-hmm. uh, which I find really interesting. And that theme of community extended to some of the cast because you've either like worked with these people before, or some of these people are your friends. Like when you cast actors for a horror movie like this, are they excited to die? Is going back again to the kills and slashers, right? Like, I think I think every I think everybody's excited to to die when they get a horror movie for the most part, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like spray blood all yeah. over the set. Yeah, I mean, I think they, I don't know. It's kind of like an, a rite of passage or an honor, and I, um, yeah, we st- we definitely start internally with any movie I do with friends or people that I've worked with before um, or both just because there's a, there's a trust there and there's a kind of an intimate knowledge of the work that we do in that shorthand, which I think allows us to pull some things off. And then we build out from, from there with referrals or auditions or people that I've, that I've seen and things before. Um, But it's definitely a process and goes back to what we were talking about before, which is getting the right ensemble of, the right balance and people that really are right for each role, but can also surprise in the role or bring something you weren't expecting in the role. So it's a, it's definitely an art. Um, and I, I think that having people that I'm familiar with in my artistic community kind of start that process is, is definitely to our benefit. Um, both in the process and the end product. That makes sense because it would inform some of the writing process, right? Like you are obviously then like, oh, I know this person, this person would be good for like uh, the chief of police or whatever it is. Like you would start to kind of write or like aim for certain people, right? So it would influence the writing, but is also the writing then influenced by an awareness of the audience. As you mentioned, like some of the 90s self-aware movies, like we mentioned H2O for Halloween, Scream is obviously another one. Like when you are making a movie like this, are you aware of the audience and their expectations and you kind of factoring them in? Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a degree of it being tricky now with, I mean, with just how savvy and how well watched folks are and how many movies have existed, this desire to surprise, but not be, um, not be subversive for the sake of being subversive, like having to be rooted in character. And also like, you know, I know that we're no movie will please everyone, but I think ultimately we just want to make the thing that we would be excited to rent as kids at blockbuster or whatever video store you went to on a Friday night when you're, when you're 13 years old, I think that's the kind of stuff that we want to make, you know, Saturday night sleepover movies with an edge. Um, and so keeping that in mind and, and and wondering how we can surprise within that while staying truthful to our circumstances and the characters that we've made, but also giving people what they want. Cause there's a reason we watch these movies too. And I don't think that I'm not anti-trope because I think that like if, if you make a slasher movie with zero tropes, then it's not a slasher movie anymore. It's right. just like, it's it, there's there needs to be something that's familiar. I think when it gets tired is when it just doesn't feel specific to the movie, when it doesn't feel truthful to the characters and people don't feel dimensional or the circumstances aren't specific and it just feels like a copy of a copy of a copy. 
But I think, you know, in any genre, there are certain beats that make the genre the genre and that hit and that work for audiences. And you just infuse them with the specifics of your world and that's how they work. So we were very cognizant of that and wondering, you know, how do we, how do we surprise people within this? How do we make a killer that feels very distinct mm-hmm. um, without, without being gimmicky, without looking like we're playing at trying to make like something just to be just for the sake of being memeable or something. So it was, it was a lot of conversations about how do we, how do we keep it simple and truthful, but still do stuff to surprise and subvert as, as appropriate. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's no different if you were making a rom-com, right? Like boy meets girl at the beginning and you know, they're going to get together at the end, but the obstacles and the things that happen in the middle, you have a little bit more free range in terms of what you can or can't do. Right. Right. That's a, I mean, that's a good comparison because it's, you know, which isn't, and there are rom-coms that, you know, hit all the beats and, and feel very like tired and stayed. And then there are rom-coms where like they hit all the beats, but there's just something really warm and palpable about it. And they might do a little twist on it, or they might enter a beat from a different, from a different angle. And, you know, if the ensemble is really good or the bits, I, I think that that's, that's why we go to watch. That's why we go to watch those movies. Mm-hmm. Cause there is something, um, warm about it. And, and obviously with horror movies, like we, we still want people to scream and jump and get grossed out and things like that. But there's, there's a lot of fun to be had within that. So you, you audience expectation is a tricky thing. You want to be aware of it, but you don't want to completely build something mm-hmm. around that. Cause then, Cause then I think audiences know that they're being pandered to as well. And you don't want to pander to people. You want to, you know, meet them as a, as a fan and somebody who, you know, wants to share, share their voice. And I I think people know if you're, if you're just doing something just to like hit Mm -hmm. beats just cause they just could just, just you think they're expecting you to. Founders Day works because it is, as you as you said initially in the beginning of this conversation, there is um, a love letter or an appreciation kind of quality to slashers, right? So that comes through when you watch Founders Day. Like you can tell, oh, these guys have watched slashers. They like slashers. You know what I mean? And so that also plays into it as well because it's like, it's, I guess, that meta kind of quality of Scream, right? Do you like Player scary movies, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, scary movies exist in that Scream universe, right? So they are also watching AMC Fear Fest, right? Sydney and all the rest of them were watching Fear Fest uh, on AMC. So that kind of um, awareness, too, naturally creeps in to a movie, and it, and it kind of puts the audience at ease. Yeah, I think... Oh, I've got, I thought I was muted. Sorry. Yeah, no, I th- I think that 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 is very true. Like, we didn't want to be very like we didn't want to be referential in this movie in the same way that Scream is because we're not we're not a movie about movies, and we didn't want to you know just be you know winking at the audience. But like, they exist in a world similar to, if not the same as, in certain ways, the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, you know, they're going to be somewhat savvy to that. And the audience, extending that converse bit about the com- what we're ha- we're talking about now with the audience, 
how was your Toronto After Dark experience? Like, that's a really fun audience. That's a really smart, aware audience, just kind of to extend what we're talking about, right? Like, that's the crowd that you want to see. They're here for a good time. Yeah, it was it was really wonderful. We'd been hoping to go to Toronto for a while. And so it was it was really quite awesome to to be in there. And we did some fun fan events with with the founder beforehand and mm-hmm. took pictures, handed out election buttons and uh photo ops with the science for the mayoral candidates in the movie, which is a big plot point in this. Um and so it was just they they, they I think they were the most consistently vocal crowd that we've had. Uh and they were just really really fun and to to talk to it was just great to be in the mix there um i I mean they certainly are like very uh active rabid genre fans it's cool to dialogue with that both like you know having the movie dialogue with them as Mm -hmm. it's playing and and talking to them after uh so we we loved being in the mix there for we went for the whole time and we saw we saw a few movies and we, we talked to a bunch of people so it was, it was really great yeah it's a good time it's a good festival let's get into the nitty-gritty of founders day a little bit because making indie movie is tough so you have a limited budget but you guys really seem to go out all like all out on the candy budget for commissioner peterson as uh, played by Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> um what <laughs> what was some of the candies that she had because uh she that's quite a array like between the yeah that was a that was a journey with that character it was originally written more like 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 a robert forster like kind of male grizzled police commissioner and then carson said you know what if we take this approach and when we knew kathy Curtin, who's delightful and, and fantastic and uh we talked to her about it and she thought it was a ton of fun and so we started to we didn't really change the script that much. We just let her do it as, you know, whatever this version of the character ended up being. We changed a few lines and bits and we let her ad lib. But there was a moment we were talking about the character and I was like, you know what? She's like always eating or something. Like what well, she always has a snack. And then she liked the idea of candy and the lollipop. And she brought up Matlock and Columbo. Um, and it, it kind of turned into into that in a way where we she just always was like, you know, it was like her or thinking candy and then it just evolved in production <laughs> design and props like the idea so they like okay we're going to give her a candy bowl on her desk and that turned into okay well you know i'm going to offer somebody candy at the most inopportune moment so it just kind of was a natural extension of that but um that's an example of a gag that like it was important to us that it didn't get too over the top silly but that it felt very authentic to who she was mm-hmm. uh that she like she really we decided that she really, really is smart and she really is going to solve this. And she's just one step at a time. And she, and the candy is just kind of like, I don't know what grounds her in that. It grounds her in her, in her investigation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was great with the candy. Like she'd have a line, like nursery rhymes, always the mark of a madman or whatever. And then she just, you know, like, I gave, I gave, I gave that to her right before we rolled. I was like, say this, this time. <laughs> and, <made laughs> it the movie. and then in the candy goes right. Like into her mouth. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just the beats of it were great, but this wasn't always a political thriller initially. Right. Like, as you mentioned, like there is like a mayoral uh, election coming up. The town is uh, celebrating its tricentennial. There's all these kind of themes. And obviously it's called founders day, but, um, this wasn't always a political kind of murder mystery type of thing, was it? 
No, it started uh, as as it truly like more of like a a love letter to Autumn, and as it still is, but it evolved because the first I mean the first draft was written like twelve years ago. It was like the first thing that I ever wrote, and so it's it's gone through like multiple drafts, getting better, getting sharper every time. And then we had this realization that like we didn't want it to be a Halloween movie, but wanted we wanted there to be like echoes of the Halloween season in it. Um, and then we realized that that was very close to like election day. And so to just to, with the large ensemble, it made sense to like, you know, you can sharpen who, who is who, like you can understand people better. Like if this is the, it's not just a bunch of parents and kids. It's like, Oh, this is the mayor. This is the person running for mayor. This mm-hmm. is that person's mom. This is that person's daughter. This is the teacher. This is the, um, so you get to play a little bit more with archetype in that way, which I think just gives a little more shape to it, but it also really raises the stakes and it lined up really well because it's, you know, election day being the first Tuesday of the, uh, uh of November, mm-hmm. it, it is right at Halloween. So we did get to have that aesthetic echo. So we kind of got to have our cake and eat it too in that way. But once that discovery was made, everything just really, really clicked into place uh, in a way that, it hadn't before and we got to add more layers to this mystery and more personal subtext. Um, we lost a couple of characters and just, and combined a couple of characters and everything just really tightened up. And I think it's, you know, it, it's what it wants and needs to be. It, it's, it's kind of the, the heartbeat is the same, but it's now, you know, it, it's, it now has that, like the, the blood is flowing the way it it, it really needs to. The aesthetic echoes that you're talking about, I thought that was really great that the the founder, the killer, <clears throat> he has like that kind of white hair, like like the founding fathers, right? When they used to wear those kind of British type wigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about or explain some of the, the background discussions or how you arrived at the mask and the, the the just the look of the founder? Because that's also the key thing. When I asked you at the beginning, what, what's the most important thing, right? Is the is the killer the the kills? Like all the guys we've talked about, Scream has a distinct look. Uh, Michael Myers has a distinct look. Jason has a distinct look. So how did you guys arrive at your distinct look? Well, early on in the script, the... We were like, okay, we're gonna work it out with costumes later. But we, you know, we we I think it was judges' robe with simple tactical accessories. Um, but then we somewhere along development, like, really wanted to make kind of a a very specific weapon to him that could only be the founders. And so I was thinking, like, okay, a gavel makes sense, and then the gavel does some other cool tricks, which people will see. But then from the there, gavel is uh, so cool, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so neat. It's, and it was fabricated for us by this, just our, our amazing SFX guy, mm-hmm. Ladderbach. And, um, so that was, that was kind of a beginning and it's like, okay, let's expand on the judge vocabulary. Um, and what haven't we seen before we want a mask. Um, and I had this idea about it being, the comedy tragedy mask, like the theater masks kind of uncannily fused together just because like an expression that's a smile and a frown at the same time is kind of off-putting. And also the theater mask just kind of harkens to themes of the theatricality of the founder, the political theater of it all. And then we were like, okay, so for doing that, what really screams judge and it was this wig. And I don't know if I'd seen, and I'm I'm sure maybe there is one like a, a slasher villain with, with a wig before at least one of this prominence a lot of times it's hoods which is great mm-hmm. but we were like okay let's 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 try it and um when we did the the test we you know we 
were hoping that all the elements would gel together. Um, and they did. And that was a really great color piece of it too, because we decided the mask would be red and the, the hair is white so that there, there's that Americana component to it without being totally overstated. Um, so we were really happy with how that all, all gelled together, both aesthetically and thematically. Mm-hmm. Um, we no. wanted it to be, it's a, we, yeah, we, we, it's super creepy. Like you guys did a good job in terms of like, because again, this is the this is the challenge we were talking about before with the audience expectations. You need to have a quote unquote good mask or you the or a good weapon or something to kind of connect with the audience, right? Because the audience is generally seen a lot of like killers and slashers. Yeah, and we we talk a lot about that, Carson. It's like, how do you make? Can you make? a new Michael Myers. Can you make a new Chucky? Can you make, I mean, can you make a new go? I then, and I don't know if you can in the same way. And possibly part of that is just the, the timing of it all. And the, and, and there being, I, I don't know, but I, we were like, how do we make something that can hopefully cut through, um, without, again, without, without feeling gimmicky. Cause we, we don't want to feel gimmicky, but we do want to feel very, uh, distinct and purposeful. That's great. Yeah, no, you guys did a great job. Uh, as a quick tangent, did you see Totally Killer on Prime? I did. Yeah, that was. I thought that was another good mask too. Same, uh, same mask company made made our mask. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was. Yeah, like, they kinda... do. They do amazing. They do amazing work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like again, just like really unsettling because of the the plastic smile. Uh, but kind of like had a nice like Max Headroom kind of vibe from like the old school days. So I thought it was a good like they they managed to uh, get a little bit of modern stuff and a little bit of old school stuff kind of vibe together. Totally. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm seeing I'm enjoying seeing um, some of the other stuff. And, you know, I saw I saw a wonderful knife there and that was really fun to see with the crowd, too. And they had yeah. A really cool match. So as we're wrapping up, then I was curious about one uh, one key decision because this is another one that you need to make in terms of a slasher. This is a very important decision. You guys um, grounded your killer like he's very human. Sometimes some of the slashers can be a little bit supernatural. You and I have talked a little bit about Jason. There are certain elements of Jason that is very supernatural and it's not grounded at all. So it kind of makes him like a, a Superman slasher, basically. But this one, you decided to make him grounded in reality, which I find is scarier because it's closer to being a serial killer. Mm-hmm. I think that that was, that was the play here without going into uh, too much spoiler stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. we... we and we had done, and I'm sure we will do again, stuff with more of a supernatural bent. But this, we we wanted it to all feel very um, possible. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah, especially with the the American kind of political system, the way it is right now, and the divisiveness and everything like that. A lot of those themes kind of all played together, so it all felt real. And like you said. There was no specific time period, so you couldn't really tell when this was happening, but you could feel like it could also be current thing. It could also be like an old school thing, too. Yeah, totally. And I think that that's, that's what we want is, is to feel uh, like it, it is today. And, and, and we, you know, we want 
13 year olds to watch it even though it's rated r uh we want <laughs> but that's what you it. want though right like to like, yeah of course to um go, to but go we also... the blockbuster or whatever and rent the thing based on the the picture on the box i'm like oh this has got a knife it's got to be good but we also we also want it to be a fun I, I, i'm not gonna say throwback but we want it to be a fun uh revisit of some kind of aesthetic choices um that you may not see as much anymore. And it was, it was really nice. There was somebody at Toronto after dark who was sitting near our group and it was, we, we overheard as soon as the credits rolled, he goes, that was exactly what I wanted from this movie. <laughs> and like, if, if that's, if that's the takeaway for the people have, like, I mean, I can't ask for more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so last question, and this is an important one because Congratulations, Founders Day at um, Toronto After Dark Film Festival. It won the uh, Audience Choice Award for film most want to see a sequel to. So, obviously, this is another, like, element of the slasher, right? Like, the sequels. As you said, you've been working through the Friday the 13th. You've been working through the Halloweens. Uh, Can we expect, or is there any interest on your part, uh, you and Carson, your brother, to create a Founders Day sequel? We've, um... There... We've talked about potential paths if it ever were to happen. Uh, it's, it's, it would be, we would take it. It would be a different swing. I mean, it would, it would, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We have, we, we have a general framework, but no, no concrete plans, but we, we have some fun imagery that I think we can do with the founder and some fun scenarios that I think would be a natural extension. Although this is a, this is definitely a complete story. Um, and I think we, we really saying what we want to say here. So uh, we're happy to also stand with this and have it, have this be the, the founder's moment, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. you never know. You never know. I mean, if you look back, like scream, you could easily watch the first scream movie and say that was just a complete movie too. Right. Um, hugely for sure right and i was so surprised that they made a second one and i was like oh okay well <laughs> i enjoyed the first one i don't know how you guys are gonna do the second one for anybody who hasn't yeah. seen it but i was like all right yeah. and i went and i'm like oh you guys did it you pulled it off yeah thank you so much i appreciate i appreciate it mm-hmm. so yeah no for sure like if there's a possibility down the road uh as long as you don't put founders day in space like uh friday the 13th no i don't think we're i don't think I don't think we're going to do that. I think uh, if we go to space, it'll be with another franchise. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's it. That's I, I know you're not supposed to backseat drive with uh, filmmakers and the choices they make, but I just didn't think. No, that's, that's a fair, that's a fair enough request. Right. <laughs> uh, that's it, Eric. Thank you so much. I know we took up a little bit more of your time, but well, you're uh, fine. Um, yeah, no, congratulations on founders day. Do you have any like, distribution plans i know it's been making the rounds for various horror film festivals and things like that genre film festivals but is there i don't know when you i don't know when you're posting this but by the time you do there might be some news out there we'll see okay that's nice and ominous i like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah if not if not then then soon after okay good to know Yo, that was Eric Bloomquest. Eric and his brother Carson Bloomquest are the writing director duo behind political horror movie Founders Day. I'm Sammy, host of My Summer Lair. 
This was, as you heard, a Toronto After Dark screening interview. Since Eric and I have talked, Founders Day has been acquired by Dark Sky Films and will be theatrical released in 2024. You can look out for that. I'll update the show notes at mysummerlayer.com accordingly. Also in 2024, set aside time to check out Toronto After Dark, an impressively curated film festival. Toronto After Dark is pants-worthy. Yes, it's worth pants. Finally, Founders Day is a slasher that runs along the political fault lines that divide us. Often, there are many political positions that naturally divide rather than unite. So this is why with my Substack newsletter, I really should have had like uh, American like fanfare music or whatever, like I'm delivering uh, a political speech. So this is why with my Substack newsletter, my pal Sammy, I focus on pop culture and celebrating the things we have seen and enjoyed while revealing dynamic new favorites from couch-worthy TV recommendations to pants-worthy art gallery exhibitions to new book alerts and more, my pal Sammy is digging through the stacks of our popular culture to share what we've overlooked or undervalued. It's a weekly surprise for you, dear reader, and myself, dear writer. Sign up today. Thank you to the lucky 13 signups I got from my last My Summer Layer episode. Although 13's an odd number. Like, you couldn't find one more friend to make it 14. But thank you. Google Substack, my pal Sammy, Google my pal Sammy Substack, or visit mysummerlayer.com slash subscribe, mysummerlayer.com slash subscribe, and you can sign up there. Just try to find like either 12 friends or 14 friends or something this time. 13 was an odd number. But thank you so much for signing up. Thank you so much for listening to me in a Netflix world. The founder, yo.